there, fellow Star Wars nerds, and welcome to Unlimited Content, the podcast where two brothers talk about all of Star Wars film and TV in chronological order on the internet as an excuse to hang out more. We're your hosts, Sam and Jack, and this week we're talking about Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And with us this week, you're getting <gasps> three brothers for the price of none, oh. we've got our brother Max here as a guest today. Oh. Max, Hello. Max, 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 that's me. Hi, I'm Max. <laughs> <laughs> So Max, you wanna you wanna introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about tell tell the, the fine people at home a little bit about you and and what your deal is? Uh yeah, sure. So I am I'm like I'm the third of the Ford siblings. There's Sam, then Jack, then me, and then Gracie, but she's not here. Uh well, she's probably yeah. listening. She better be listening. Yeah, Gracie. Yeah, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So I yeah, I am currently at school up in Seattle. I am studying creative writing and visual arts. I'm an artist. I like to write. Uh, yeah. Uh, and shameless plug time. If you would like to follow me, uh, I post art on the Internet for fun. Uh, I can be found on most social media platforms at Mexican Canon. M-A-X-C-A-N-C-O-N-N-O. Max, it'll, I'll, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be down description. below, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always forget how many N's are in your middle name. Yeah, it's my yeah. own name, and I, I think always it's forget. Concanon. C O N C A N N O N. Yes. Boom. It's yeah. just like spelling it out loud, I always mess up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Max is a brilliant artist. He makes amazing Aww. characters and backgrounds, and his, his his art improves every time I see a new post from him, and it's amazing. So you should definitely follow him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Max is graduating pretty soon. What? Yeah. In like a month or two. Oh man. Right? Like, yeah, graduation is. Yeah. Uh, it's like mid June. Very excited for you, <laughs> Sam. How did our little brother get to the end of college already? I don't know, man. I feel so old. Shoot, dang. Uh, from my perspective, uh, the pandemic started, and then there was like a weird like black void that for like a year and a half where <laughs> nothing happened, and then suddenly I was like uh-huh. a senior. Yeah, because because the pandemic hit the spring of your freshman year, right? Yes, it was Gross. just about three years ago, just over three years ago. Uh, yeah, because it was just before spring break when it started, and spring break was five weeks ago now. Barf. Yeah. Yeah, that is rough. But now we're here. We we have a certified artiste yes. joining us mm-hmm. to uh, to talk about the the certified artistic masterpiece that is Star Wars <laughs> Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, the best of all Star Wars movies. Yeah, this is the first time I think I've watched this movie all the way through fully conscious. Like it's been on in the what? room when I <laughs> when I've been present. <laughs> I, but the only other times that this is I have attempted watching this movie was like when in like. Star Wars movie marathons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're when you're in a, a semi-conscious fugue state through the whole thing. Yeah, it's like at this point, like I've already like lost all energy and like, uh, but now I got to experience it all in in real time in person, and I did enjoy it. Yes. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this movie. Yay! Mm-hmm. Awesome. Max, can you tell us a little bit about just kind of your your personal history with Star Wars, like as a cultural thing? Like, I know Jack and I have, have talked about our our growing up with Star Wars, uh, but yeah. you were you were born 
uh, like right before this movie came out. Yeah, like, this movie was like 2002, right? Yeah, you were born okay. early 2001, so you were born between episodes one and two. So, yeah. So you didn't. So Jack and I were both like prime age for watching all three of the prequel movies. You were not. So what is your, uh, your just kind of your perspective on Star Wars and like your history with Star Wars? Uh, yeah, I, I guess growing up with y'all in the house, like, I definitely was, like, like vaguely aware of, like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, that, that, that's the cool thing that, one of the cool things that, like, I don't know, the older people know more about than me. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, vaguely aware of, like, all, like, like the Luke, I am your father. Spoiler, sorry. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's just, like, in the cultural miasma and i kind of like osmosed good word most good of word. it yes i'm an english major i know lots of good words no <laughs> yeah so i feel like i watched like the original trilogy i don't know relatively young i guess when i was like preteen, thereabouts uh and then i was fully conscious for all of like the the new like sequel trilogy and them movies uh but i've never gotten like super into star wars until literally, I've said this before, when y'all started this podcast, because like now, like I have like a a way in, a way that I can just like you you have you have sage guides to to guide you through the, the yeah. process. There is like a secondary thing that I care about associated with Star Wars now. Yes. I love being a secondary thing. You care about us or 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 a podcast at least. Surprisingly, surprisingly, yeah. Yes, yes, Max awesome. cares. I love it. But yeah. And, like, this movie and, like, the prequel trilogy are, as part of that cultural miasma, we're just like, oh, those are the bad ones. <laughs> but yeah. I, I now know that you apparently love them, Sam. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this film. Well, we're excited awesome. to have you here. We are so yeah. excited to have you here, Max. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. All right. Well, before we get into, like, anything, like, real unlimited and content-y, we have bills that are rather unlimited Jack, mm. who is paying yes, our unlimited bills this week yeah who's paying my my appearance fee mm, <laughs> max, mm, yeah. max is very expensive appearance fee <laughs> yeah. yeah yes like i'm a working artist i gotta pay my bills too charges 800 dollars an hour <laughs> to be mm-hmm. here yeah max do you accept republic credits i guess so what's the exchange Great. rate I don't know, but credits will do fine. That's all that matters. Credits Jack, what's our sponsor? <laughs> uh, today's episode of Unlimited Content is brought to you by Death Sticks. Every puff will make you want to go home and rethink your life. They're really bad for oh. you. That's why we called them Death Sticks. <laughs> Thank you, Death Sticks, for sponsoring Thank this you, episode. You want to buy some Death Sticks? I, I forgot. To, I, I was supposed to include like a Surgeon General's warning in there or something, but you know what? It's fine. Yeah, well, whatever. Death Sticks would not include a Surgeon General's warning. It's in the name. You just mm-hmm. you should <laughs> know this isn't great for you. So yeah. mm-hmm. if you need a Surgeon General's warning for Death Sticks, well, ooh, I don't know. Well, then it sounds you, like you're the kind of person who would who would use Death Sticks. Sounds like you're the kind of person who should go home and rethink your life. So yeah, there we are. Is there like a Surgeon General like corollary in the the Republic? I, I don't know. I, I want to know like what his job is like. <laughs> like what weird space diseases have the Jedi's gotten throughout the years? Space diseases. It's a good question. Uh n- not that I know of. I don't know of any <laughs> There are like zombie worm parasites in that one episode. 
Yes. There's, there's that one episode of Clone Wars when there's there's zombie worms that that go into the brains of clones and it's like a mm. horror movie. Yeah. Ooh. Thing. We'll get there eventually, probably. Eventually. Check back in three weeks for my my Republic Surgeon General fanfic. Ooh, I like <laughs> Amazing. it. Yes. Follow Max on all the things and he'll post his fanfic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He promises it right now. No backing out, Max. You have to do it now. Mmm. Okay. <laughs> Got him. Okay. Don't expect like it to be like fully fleshed out. There will be fan fiction, but it will not be like it will not be like novel length. Don't worry. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I'll take what I can get. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so this is the time, the part of the show, where we talk about what we've been up to in the past week. So, Sam, do you want to start by talking about what you've been up to, maybe what you've been reading or listening to or watching, etc.? Sure. Um, what have I been doing? My life is so busy. I don't know. This is, this is the, every week. It's just like, I don't know what I do. I'm a parent of a toddler. <laughs> I, like, don't have, I don't know. We've been doing a lot of gardening at our house. Uh, mm-hmm. We're growing, like... Sarah just planted all of our little things that we started from seeds because the last frost is finally, we're like 99% sure, is come and gone. So Sarah planted a bunch of basil and tomatoes and zucchini and a bunch of fun stuff. So I've been helping out with that or just like doing the dad things while mom goes off and does those things um, in the garden, usually because she's the expert and I'm just the, I'm her number one fan and the one who keeps <laughs> the toddler from stomping the things. So nice. that's what I've been doing. I've um, been doing that. Still listening to Light of the Jedi. I've been slowing down a little bit. It's, it's like not as exciting or fun or engaging as I would like it to be. Mm. Not going to lie. I probably won't finish it. Um, but it is kind of cool. I don't know. I'm probably just going to not finish it. Yeah. Think about that. But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, not a whole lot going on in my life other than just work and gardening and being outside. I started working out again which has felt really good. Um, re-upped my Apple Fitness Plus subscription, and I've been doing that on the daily for like a week now. So that feeling real good. That plus the warm weather. Mental health's doing great right now uh, just because getting blood pumping and getting outside and fresh air, and I love it. So yeah. that's me last week. What about you, cool. Jack Boyd? Me? Um, let's see. Uh so let's see. I, I finished Resident Evil Four Remake. Finally, um, excellent game. Definitely recommend it. I think that of the Resident Evil games I played, which so I've played the remake of the original, the remake of two, the remake of three, the remake of four, the original four, and I played seven and eight. So that's a that's a lot of them. I think my favorite mm-hmm. is still uh, Resident Evil Two Remake. I think like like Resident Evil Four Remake was excellent, um, but I think I like the setting and the kind of the the vibes of Resident Evil 2 more than Resident Evil 4. So Resident Evil 4 takes place in like a like a Spanish village and whereas Resident Evil 2 takes place in Raccoon City in America, uh, mostly in a police station that but it's a police station that used to be an art museum in canon. And so it's like a really mm. weird, cool police station and it's and it's got it's full of secret passageways and you know, that that kind of stuff is my jam. I love that. Where where is Raccoon City? I know it's a fictional, I'm uh, sure it's a fictionalized city, but what is it like? Yes. Is it supposed to be a city or like? I'm not what sure exactly where it's. I mean, it's, it's definitely America, but I don't okay. know beyond that. <laughs> By the way, speaking of America, it is hilarious to me. Uh, so, so Leon S. Kennedy is the protagonist of both Resident Evil 2 and 4. Um, mm-hmm. In Resident Evil 2, he is a 
uh, like a rookie cop with a heart of gold who shows up in Raccoon City and on his first day is when the zombie outbreak happens, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Um, Abraham. And, and then Resident Evil 4 takes place like, I don't know, six, eight years later, something like that. And he's like a more mature, like gruff, badass kind of like, you know, quippy one-liner action hero kind of guy. And his new job is he is a special agent for the president of the United States. <laughs> so like, man, he's moving wow. up in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The- from, from a rookie cop to a special agent, specifically assigned to the president of the United States, in just three games. Yes. Yeah, actually, just in the span of just two games, because you start off at the beginning of the, the next one already there. So yeah, wow. And and all, actually, and he's not in three. So it's, it's he was in two, and then we saw him in four. <laughs> I need like a two point five where we get the backstory that we missed during three. That's what I need. Hey, mm-hmm. I I would be yeah. totally fine with that. I I. You know what? More Leon Kennedy is is always great in my book. Mm-hmm. He's a beautiful, handsome man with all the quips. He's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Resident Evil 4, definitely highly recommend it. And then aside from that, uh, I just recently started replaying through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because the sequel comes Ooh. out this Friday. And I just want to kind of refresh Ooh. myself a little bit with the story and the, the world and everything. And um yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I probably probably won't be able to get through the whole thing before the sequel comes out, but you know it's good to at least kind of dip my toes back into that. Um, super fun. The intro sequence to that whole game is is very well done, very well paced, and engaging and exciting while also teaching you how to play the game. And it's yeah, there's some great game design, great narrative design in the opening of that game. And I'm very excited for Jedi Survivor, which comes out this Friday. I just pre-ordered it, and then. Um, all the things that I've, I'm going to be talking about this week are video games because I don't have a whole lot else to talk about currently, um, mm-hmm. at least in terms of like the last week. But uh, I also started playing a game called Apotheon, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, it's spelled A-P-O-T-H-E-O-N. Mm-hmm. But it is a side-scrolling Metroidvania, like, you know, exploration, combat, platformer type game. Um, mm-hmm. But the aesthetic of it is... It looks like ancient Greek pottery. So it's like all... Ooh, I think I've heard of that. That sounds yeah, so cool. Yeah. It's super cool, yeah. Um, and you play as, uh, like, essentially, the, I think the gods have abandoned humanity, and your goal is to, like, go and gather all of the these artifacts and then go fight Zeus or something <laughs> pretty early on <laughs> mm-hmm. in the game. But it's, it's very cool. Um, it's got a really unique, beautiful art style. Like, I, I love games that, like, try to do something different visually. And yeah, I'm enjoying that a lot. So that's cool. And then the last game I'm playing is I'm finally, I've slowly been making my way through uh, A Link to the Past. Because uh, I never nice. played all the way through that game growing up. Really? Um, and it was like, yeah, this has been on my, my like, I need to, <laughs> this is my, my list of, of shame of games that I never finished that I, I need to get, get through, you know? So I, I just made it to like the final dungeon, the final area where ganon is supposed to be and so that is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slowly trying to make my way through some some of the zelda games that i never played through so the, the, the big ones are uh link to the past which i'm almost done with twilight princess mm-hmm. which i've like played the first several hours of but just like never gone all the way through and then majora's mask i need to play at some point because i never played that one um mm-hmm. majora's mask is so hard i've it's, heard that yeah. yeah yeah i started it but like never could like get all the way through i think the but granted i started like i was playing it on the nintendo switch virtual console just with like the switch joy cons 
and mm. it's not like designed for that like the controller it's like one-to-one with the, yeah no they, they didn't like yeah. yeah they didn't remap it for the switch controllers it's still just mm-hmm. like assumes that you're playing with an n64 controller which mm-hmm. my brother-in-law has a switch n64 controller that he said Ooh, i could yeah. borrow but i never got around to doing that ah. mm. so yeah adam if you're listening i would love to borrow it at some point uh but yeah so i never really beat that i also i hate to say this i never beat ocarina of time <gasps> i feel i feel bad oh my goodness i i get it like it's the water temple same the water, i never beat the water temple yeah. Yeah. So so what happened, yeah, growing up, that I got stuck on that and never got past the Water Temple, and then uh, when it came out of the 3DS, I, I played it there and got all the way through. And the mm. 3DS version actually makes some, like, good adjustments to the to the game, and specifically to the Water Temple to make it a little more easy to navigate. Um, oh, really? So that was helpful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, more, like, clearly, like, signposted things, and, like... Okay. Uh, just to make it easier to tell where you are, because everything kind of looks the same <laughs> in mm-hmm. in the Water Temple. And then, and also, uh, Majora's Mask, they did the same thing, where it's like, they, they had the 3DS remake come out, and it made some improvements that, that kind of streamlined things a little bit and made it, some people say, a better experience than the original. Um, hmm. So that's been my, like, I've wanted to play the 3DS version, but I don't currently have a 3DS and 3DSs are expensive now because <laughs> Nintendo doesn't make them anymore, and like it's been long enough since that since like they discontinued them that most of them has, have been kind of snatched up. I mean, you, you there's plenty yeah. that you can get like on eBay or whatever, but it's like it's not easy to find. You know, I might have a 3DS kicking around here somewhere. Uh, I, think it's gr- you, I no 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 you did, and then it ended up with me because oh. <laughs> there's anyway okay. I have it and, it and it doesn't work. Oh, the blue one. <laughs> The blue yeah. one? Okay, yeah. got it. Oh, is that the one that you got from Gracie? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. That was the one that Gracie destroyed, I'm pretty sure. I never even tried to play. I was like, oh, cool! But I didn't have a charger, so I'm like... I wasn't... I couldn't yeah. do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, then that one was never going to work for you. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I, I got a charger and tried charging it, and, like, it, it just doesn't turn on. Like you press the power button yeah. and like the screen flashes for a second and it turns off. I think she yeah, said. Yeah, make like a weird popping noise. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Grace said that she she was using like a stylus that wasn't that was like too big for yeah. that model of 3ds and then like dropped it and the stylus just went through the whole 3ds. Yeah. Straight through. Oh, yeah. No. It was rough. It was it was not a good time for that 3ds. Yeah. That stinks. But now Gracie has a, a, a cool Galaxy Edition 3DS XL, right? She's got the cool one. Yes. So nice. Every, everything turned out well for Gracie. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not for Jack. Nope, not this time. Well, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. Max, what about you? What have you been up to? Have you been playing anything interesting? Any cool stuff going on in your life? I have been doing lots of interesting things. So just for like media that I've been consuming, I've been playing Pokemon Black again. It's very good. I am back in my Pokemon era once more (laughs) Uh (laughs) mostly because like i i've been doing lots of like kind of community art products on the internet lately just like get my art out in front of people so i'm i'm currently actively involved in four different zines (laughs) uh yeah one of which is a pokemon themed one which is what got me back into it uh yeah i'm playing pokemon black i have four badges currently nice Yes, I'm having a good time. I've heard really good things about Black and White. That's like part like during the era. Like I've never been super into Pokemon, but I played enough of them growing up. You know, 
mm-hmm. but I, I've heard from multiple people that black and white are some of the like the most underrated yeah Pokemon for games. sure and I know people say that the story is really good it is yeah yeah black and white and the sequels black 2 and white 2 are I think collectively one of like the the better like Pokemon stories uh not that it's a very high bar uh <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about Pokemon's always known uh, for its narrative it's narrative component. Yeah. Come on. It's the very yeah. best. Like, nothing else ever was. Yeah. You <laughs> have got to catch them all. Yeah. The story of if people want to rob you and <laughs> you have to defeat them. Yeah. Story of, of avoiding strangers' line of sight so that they don't challenge you to a street battle, but like a dog fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, Pokemon Black and White are definitely, I definitely like undervalued them when they first came out because I, I was like, nine and i was like this is different because this in this one there are no pokemon from previous games until you've after until after you've beaten the main story oh wow so hmm. yes it's very cool i love it a lot i i have not played a pokemon game like like i was diehard from like kindergarten to sixth grade played pokemon like non-stop like i my the second video game i ever got was pokemon yellow um, mm-hmm. and i would like diehard pokemon from all the way through that and i played like like at least one installment of every generation for the i guess three generations but yeah no i, <laughs> I my memory is little, old, right yeah yeah i think mm-hmm. i had ruby but gotcha. um yeah. my memory is fuzzy on mm-hmm. on that part so maybe i should stop <laughs> yeah my memory is crystal clear because it's the only thing i've been thinking about forever no Chris, crystal's a different pokemon game max got him <laughs> <laughs> it looks good kill <laughs> yeah, Ma- you uh, listeners, you can't see it, but Max just gave me a death glare. <laughs> yep. I'm surprised Jack survived. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Pokemon. <laughs> that's one of the one of the things I've been doing. Another thing I've been doing is I've been watching the original Trigon from 1998. It's an anime, a space western, following this guy named Vash the Stampede, uh, who is the humanoid typhoon. He's like this big, super scary outlaw guy. Uh, with lots of like myths and rumors up, out about him and like he's like running away from the law on this desert planet with big cool mysterious machinery all about and so it's him and these two people from an insurance company that are trying to like prevent him from causing any more damage because he has on several occasions uh, been blamed for the destruction of entire cities uh, hmm. that's hilarious yeah everybody's been there right you oh, yeah. getting mm-hmm. blamed for the destruction of the city <laughs> but yeah that's super fun uh i started watching it because there was recently a reboot dragon stampede uh where it's like i think it's, it's like a younger version of vash and like it's all in like really nice cg animation uh it was done by studio orange they did Lent Lustrous, which was, like, one of the first, like, big-name, like, C- like 3D animated animes ever, really. And they also did Beastars. And I think they were involved with at least one of the things in Visions Volume 1. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that's very good. Is Trigon the, like... I don't... <laughs> I feel like I know what it looks like. Tri- is that the guy? He, he, like, wears red. He's got spiky hair. Yeah, all, like, gigantic, like, floor-length red coat, big, straight-up spiky blonde hair. And there's right. also another guy with black hair and 
sunglasses and a big gigantic cross over his shoulder. Huh. Uh, All right. Yes. <laughs> so it's very good. Highly recommend. I believe it's on Hulu. Ooh. Oh, cool. Uh, or on Crunchyroll, which is where I'm watching it. Cool. So both of the original 1998 show and the new one. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else I've been doing lately? When you're getting ready to graduate, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's big. Uh, for one of my classes, I've been reading Zemi, A New Spelling of My Name by Audrey Lord, which is very fun. Uh, it's her biomythography, as she calls it. Uh, it's like a, a, just a new genre that she invented for this like telling of her life story. And it's been oh, cool. absolutely fantastic. I like that word, biomythography. Yeah, if yes. you could like define biomythography for someone who's never heard this word before, but is very curious. <laughs> Such as us. <laughs> as, uh-huh. as us and probably the rest of the people on the podcast. How would you how would you define biomythography? It's biomythography, it's like a combination of autobiography, like memoir, kind of like because it, it's all like stories about her Audrey Lord and mm-hmm. like but with a like mythical twist to it i guess it's like there is a lot of it that is like very poetic and often like larger than life and like there's like blending of forms like there's like poetry like the overall arch of the story is like not it's somewhat chronological it starts from like when she's young like in her childhood up until i think it ends at when she's like 23 uh she was writing this when she was like uh in her late 40s early 50s yeah cool yes it sounds cool yeah i, I yeah. love it when when media like play with the form of things and like mm-hmm. I, I love unique ways of telling stories that's that's always really cool and exciting to me so yeah that, that sounds cool yes. yeah i mm-hmm. love that it's really gorgeous it's i i y'all should read it it's very good i really it's really interesting to like get like this insight into this person and like the community around her and like what it was like uh, like as she like lived her life as a uh a young black lesbian in like the 50s like it's so interesting oh, to see, wow. like, yeah uh like there's a lot of like about her like those like different aspects of her identity and how that like those like interacted with each other and mm-hmm. it's really honestly really beautiful to me to like just see like stories of queer people from that time from like before like the 80s and 90s just like so many of these stories have been hidden away and like destroyed because they were like deemed as like immoral or mm-hmm. whatever and it's just like uh, as a queer person today it's like it always like it's this is very important to me it's awesome yeah, yeah. cool yeah send us the like maybe like an amazon link or something for us so we can like yeah yeah check out that book that's really cool yep what's it called again uh zami a new spelling of my name what is the actual spelling of this book, though? Tell me, tell me how you spell it. Z a m i. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. And well, it, cool. It's Audrey Lord A U D R E L O R D E. Cool. Nice. Love that. We did it. Yeah. Anything new in Star Wars? I don't think so. Yeah, I think we got we got a like I saw at least one. Uh, I think they put out a teaser poster for one of the shorts from Visions Volume Two. Yeah, yeah. Like I sent it to yeah. you guys. It's called Sith. And the, that looks the really art cool. for that looks really very good. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of bright colors, like splatter paint. Looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really excited for Visions Volume 2. I was a 
big, big fan of volume one. I just, I'm a very big, like, art and animation person. It's just like, I want to eat it all. Yes. <laughs> eat it all I love up. it. Scrumptious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of Visions Volume 2, Max, uh, a few weeks ago when they announced Visions Volume 2 and that Ardman Studios was going to be yes. doing uh, a an episode of Visions, Jack and I did our own kind of like fan casting of like <laughs> who in the Wallace and Gromit, like who would Wallace and Gromit play like Muppet style in uh-huh. Star Wars? What do you think? I want to I want to hear your your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, Gromit has to be the most whatever is the most competent character. I, don't, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say R two D two, like that. That feels yeah. like it fits. Like he like he that doesn't talk. Fit. He like always like is solving problems for people. Honestly, I, I think the Wallace and Gromit dynamic is almost like a. Would that make Wallace C three PO? Yeah, I was gonna say like they're very C three PO and R two D two kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. Who would like the the evil penguin be? That would. I don't know. He's an inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> it have to be it have to be a direct nemesis to like R two D two, right or something. Mm-hmm. He's Chopper. He's <laughs> Chopper. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Chopper. <laughs> That's perfect. Feathers McGraw is Chopper. <laughs> what other notable characters from Wallace and Gromit are there? There's the sheep. There's Sean the sheep. Yeah. shave. I feel like Sean the sheep could be like BB eight if we're if we're going the yeah. droid route. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. A little more like young and mischievous than yep. than R two D two. Yeah. So we've already discussed the wrong trousers are Darth Maul's legs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. I love that so much. I, I like to imagine because he had like spider legs. I, I like to imagine that it's the wrong trousers, but there are just eight legs on it. <laughs> it's just like big mechanical yeah. pants yeah like an yeah. octopus yeah biblically biblically accurate wrong trousers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i guess that that's all that we've got to talk about before our main segment i believe unless somebody else has anything mm-hmm. they want to talk about before we move on oh, dude i'm ready to dive in yeah. let's yeah, do it yeah all right well with that we are going to be talking about for our main segment today, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. I will not let this Republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You know I don't like it when you do that. Sorry, Master. I forgot you don't like flying. Well, you've lost him. If you'll excuse me... I hate it when he does that. Anakin, don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the Council. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, m'lady. They are using a bounty hunter named Jango Fett to create a clone army. Wait. We must stop them before they're ready. Your clones are very impressive. They'll do their job well. Blast! That's why I hate flying. This is a crisis. Begun, this Clone War has. Sam, do you want to tell us uh, when in the Star Wars timeline does this take place? Yes, this takes place in uh, 22 BBY, 
approximately 10 years after Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. Uh, so what we've decided we'd like to do, Max, when we have guests on is... Okay. Uh, if uh if you if possible would you like to try and summarize for us the plot of Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones you don't have to go super Aww. detailed but just tell tell me like tell us okay. from your best recollection yeah. okay broad <laughs> strokes, strokes and highlights is really all yeah, we need broad, broad strokes, strokes and highlights, highlights what happened in this bonkers movie okay i'm pulling out my notes uh so very beginning of the movie uh it starts with like a political convoy arriving on Coruscant, right? Uh, mm-hmm. With, like, Senator Amidala, uh, Padme. And there's a very funny thing where, like, one of, like, the, the guards is like, <laughs> wow, that went so great. Yeah. It's like, wow, there was what no problem What could possibly go wrong? And then immediately, the most perfect comedic timing ever, the shit, <laughs> it, like, it cuts to it, and the half a second later, shit blows up. Padme's dad. <laughs> I which was love. this this movie I think nails comedic timing better than any it does. I was not expecting to be as funny as it was. It's like yeah. throughout the whole thing, like it was much like much funnier and much quippier than like what I feel like is typical for Star Wars. It's like yeah, yeah, or at least uh, I feel like compared to Episode One, definitely there's there's more, oh, yeah. there's more quips and we, we get a lot of like Obi Wan and Anakin sass and banter. Yes, but, yeah. there was yeah. There's I'll get to it later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Padme dies. Oops, she's not. Uh, so <laughs> they go inside. Uh, oh, I completely forgot about the opening scroll. Uh, so there's like a separatist thing going on where uh, some people want to like leave the Republic. And they're led by Dooku and a bunch of others. Uh, and then, like, the people who are like, no, please don't leave. We don't want that to happen. And, like, Padme is, like, their leader deal, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched this movie the first time today. Like, I know. That, that's, that's why we wanted you to summarize it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, because it's, it's, it's more fun it's for fun. someone who, like, the unexpert, as we, as we call our guests, to, okay. to, do, to do this. Than, than for us to just like rattle it off so mm. yeah okay we love this and then there was they like go into like the meeting room they're like oh no uh pad someone just tried to kill padme we gotta figure this out and then like all of, like the people like with like yoda and like uh the chancellor yeah uh, palpatine. chancellor palpatine is there and i was gonna try and remember someone else's name but whatever uh they're like <laughs> we was there <laughs> we love Plo Koon. Okay. Oh, anyway. she's the one with the tall forehead? No, that's Keanu Mundi. Plo Koon is the one with the weird face mask. Yeah, he never says okay, anything. I don't remember, so I don't remember him. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. they were like, we should protect her. Let's assign some Jedi to her to like act as like bodyguards in addition to like the actual soldiers. And uh, Chancellor Palpatine was like, I would never want a single thing to ever happen to her. And I was like, you absolutely killed you absolutely tried to kill her. That was you. I was like, just like the line delivery. Okay, note about the line delivery. There were, for most of it, I was, everyone was like giving absolutely nothing. It was like, go girl, give us nothing. You're, this is like the most basic line read ever. Uh, and it was like, it was very funny to me. That was not, a, that's not, a, it's kind of a dick of the movie. But also, I, th- I thought it was very funny. Where You're allowed to dig at it. Yeah, like no one was ever like, I don't know. I 
You I like, don't emote a lot in, in the prequels, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did everyone act, completely forget how to act as soon as they stepped in front of a green screen for the first time? Or they were just like so like disoriented by the fact that they were not on a set? <laughs> it uh, was early days for green screen, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was one of the first uh, 100% green screens, too. So it was just, they were just in a sea yeah. of green or sea of blue and just like mm-hmm. other people. And that was it. There's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing. some real sets. Like, I, th- I think that room that they're in is like a real set, and then the, the probably the windows were CG. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and then at this point we meet the people who are actually going to be assigned to them. We meet uh, is Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, who's young and has luscious hair, and yes, we meet Anakin Skywalker, who is younger and has awful hair. He's got his tiny little ponytail. He has a tiny ponytail and a rat tail, and everything else is yeah. like a clipper cut. It's like, what is this? <laughs> this is horrible. 2002 is a weird time, Max. It really it was. was. Every, yeah, I know. Every, everyone was like that. You don't remember it because you were an infant, but everyone was like that. <laughs> yeah, you can absolutely tell that this movie was made in the early 2000s by everything yeah. about and, it. <laughs> Anakin in this movie looks like he would be in a boy band. He's got that yes, best look to him. But an awful knockoff boy band. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I'm just going through my notes. Anakin and Padme meet, and Padme says, "Wow, you've grown." And then Anakin's like, "You, wow, you've grown too. Grown more beautiful." Well, for a senator, I mean, which is like a simultaneously <laughs> like like him trying to like not be like so forward, but also him negging her, which was, <laughs> yeah, I thought was very funny. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you're more beautiful for a senator i guess it's like okay it's like anakin is i think the worst at flirting that i've ever seen any human being be (laughs) yeah yeah he's like the condensed like anxious teen edgy boy made into a single man it's so much exactly and i I was i was thinking about how like yes it's super awkward uh but in a sense that kind of like makes sense yeah. for him as a character because he spent he spent his whole life you know not being allowed being told like you can't have attachments you can't fall in love and and you know yeah spending his time in a convent basically and with monks and whatever and then suddenly he comes <laughs> back to the big yeah, and city it- and, he, and he finds his his childhood crush again and then suddenly he's like i don't know what to do with my feelings <laughs> what are these yeah so they meet and then they're like, okay, we'll be here to protect you. Anakin's like, mur, 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 I want to go find the killer. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you can't do that. We were not told to do that. And then Anakin was like, um, but the penumbras of what we were told, it implies, blah, blah, blah. The penumbras, uh, I like that. Yes. Uh, and then they're like, okay, fine, we'll stay here. Also, at this point, I noted in, like, the room that Padme is staying... Like on like this weird like glass coffee table in the background, there is a sculpture that I recognized. <laughs> uh, no way. Uh, yeah, it's uh, "Bird in Space" by Constantine Brancusi. Uh, is this one? <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah, wow. That's a real artist that I knew because of my art classes. Thank you. Yeah, uh, glad we had Max on this episode. Absolutely, yeah. I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, so Brancusi is canon in Star Wars, and his art exists on the planet of Coruscant in Padme's room. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, uh, yeah, there's also a couple times in these scenes where someone looks directly at the camera, like multiple times, 
Like, that happens a couple times in this movie. Is it really? Yeah, Jar Jar does it, but that's, like, as a joke. But then later on, like, like the way they set up, like, the, the conversation, like, shot-reverse-shot deal, it looks like they're looking just directly into the camera because there's no one mm-hmm. off-camera to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens, like, like, here it looks like uh, Anakin looks into the camera, and then, like, later on when they, like, arrive on Tatooine, like, he looks directly into the camera as he's talking, like, the little little buggy droid anyway i know three times three times i noticed that one of which only only one of which was jar jar which is funny with jar jar they could program his eyes to look somewhere else but they just decided to look at the camera <laughs> yeah well i feel like that was that was the most intentional one like that was the only one that was supposed to be them looking at the camera it was like jim from the office looking at the camera like <laughs> yeah well it's like he's like as as he's leaving the room he like looks at the camera and then like smiles <laughs> then he walks away which is very funny that's hilarious Hi, everybody, bye. <laughs> yeah uh and in that moment i knew i was pro jar jar and everyone who doesn't like him was a hater and wrong <laughs> excellent <laughs> i'm with you on that one max i'm with you i agree mm-hmm. i'm pro jar jar uh, yeah, so after that, they have, like, the scene in the, the whatever, the room, and then, uh, Padme goes to sleep under a sheet of just, like, velvet? <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, a single, like, velvet blanket on top of her, draped. And, uh, and then, oops, another assassination attempt. There was also, like, some other scenes where, uh, it looked like some Mandalorian, probably Jango Fett, uh, was, like, on a rooftop with the with someone who's like is in charge of like yeah he gave her like a tube with uh like poisonous bugs okay i need i need to talk about this part of the movie because it it is hilarious and baffling and amazing okay tell Um, me this has been pointed out before elsewhere but okay so just to lay things out how this scene works Mm -hmm. palpatine wants padme dead so palpatine says to count dooku hey can you kill padme and count dooku's like yes but then Dooku's like, I don't want to do it. Wait, wait, you're right. So I'm going to hire a bounty hunter, Jango Fett, to kill Padme. And, and Jango Fett's like, yeah, I'll kill Padme. And then Jango Fett's like, but I don't want to do it myself. So I'm going to hire a changeling assassin to do it. And the, the changeling's like, yeah, I'll do it. But then the changeling's like, I don't want to do it. So she sends in a robot. And the robot's like, I don't want to do it. So the robot sends in the bus. <laughs> This longest chain of like outsourcing and middle management (laughs) for assassinating the senator. Amazing for it to not work, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Just yeah, they're like we tried blowing her up, that didn't work. So now we're gonna use bugs. (laughs) Yeah, poisonous bugs that are gonna crawl into her bed at night. I I like to think that like Palpatine eventually found out about this and was like. You outsourced someone who outsourced someone who outsourced someone who outsourced it to bugs. <laughs> you tried to kill the senator with some bugs from a robot. Oh, incredible. Anyway, it was absolutely fantastic. This movie is gold. Yes, it <laughs> is. is gold. So bugs come in the window from the robot, from the assassin, from Django Fett, from Count Dooku, from Palpatine. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin are having, like, an angsty conversation out in the main room while Padme is sleeping, and they're, at the same time, just as the bugs, like, are about to kill her, they like, <gasps> do you sense it? I do. And then they run in there yeah. uh, last minute, and then they slice the bugs with a, a laser sword. 
Yeah, Anakin runs in, jumps on the bed, and immediately swings his lightsaber directly at Padme and manages yeah. to just barely kill the bugs. Yeah. One of them was on the pillow next to her face, the other was on her shoulder. And he kills both of them with one strike. Yeah. If that was me laying down, I was I would I would have moved at all and I would be dead. And the assassination attempt would have worked. <laughs> the bugs would have outsourced it to Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's incredible. So Anakin kills the bugs, and then uh they both see, oh my goodness, there's the droid out the window. Obi-Wan jumps out the window. Yeah, it's so much fun. I fantastic. love this scene. I love this scene. No hesitation. He just runs, dives through the window, and grabs onto this droid. And it like, was they're amazing. like 8,000 stories up. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, Looks like I'm going to have to jump. And just yeah. jump. Yeah. That was some danger esque right there. Yeah. So while. <laughs> While well, Obi-Wan's jumping out of a window, Anakin goes downstairs to get a car, uh, which <laughs> it's like this yellow like space corvette thing. And at first it makes car noises. It like makes like real engine noises the first few seconds. But then that then there's like a big chase sequence around the city. And for the rest of it, it makes like space machine like Noises make a boom kind of sound. Jetson's noises. <laughs> yeah, it makes Jetson noises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so for the rest of that, the chase sequence that happens of them, like, flying throughout the city with, like, Obi-Wan holding onto the droid and then falling off into the car and then the car, like, flying all throughout the city. Every time there's, like, a kind of, like, a them, like, banking the turn kind of shot or whatever, like, it's punctuated by a <gasps> sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> weird space age doppler effect situation yeah yeah there's a very fun chase sequence at some point anakin's driving the car and he's like we're gonna take a shortcut and then it was like Oop, i don't know if that was actually a shortcut so like you like get in front of it and intercept and then they're like sitting at the the middle of like the space intersection uh and they're like Ugh, we lost him and then anakin's like you know what? I'm jumping out of the car. And then he like... <laughs> the most random thing. Yeah, like he doesn't like telegraph that he knows that the guy is going to be down below. <laughs> so he just like jumps and Anakin's like, oh, I hate when he does this. As if this is a thing he's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Obi- Obi-Wan, yeah. Yeah, okay, Obi-Wan, yeah. And then he does land on like the, the spaceship of the, the assassin. They've lost the robot at this point. And then... He's, like, doing, like, wild maneuvers on, like, this moving car thing. And there's a very fun shot where, like, he's, like, this got, like, two, like, prongs in the front. And he's, like, holding on to one side of it. And he, like, jumps from one side to the other. Like, which is very cool. I like that. Very acrobatic. Yes. Yeah. And then the car crashes and the changeling assassin runs away. And they lose them in the crowd for a bit. And then they go into this club it's like it see it seems it's like a sports bar because in oh, one of the first shots bar. yeah, yeah. in one of the first shots there's like droids playing football or something on one yeah. of the screens yeah, one of the screens has like, droids playing soccer or something and then another one of the screens has pod racing on it and yeah it's it's a sports bar definitely yeah uh and then so obi-wan's like you go look for them i'm gonna get a drink so he goes to the bar and starts drinking and then that is where we get the the guy who tries to sell him death sticks. But they sponsor. 
Yeah, our sponsor. sponsor. Thank you. Sponsored by Thank Death you, Sticks. Death Thank you, Death Sticks, for sponsoring our show. Yeah, Obi-Wan, unfortunately, tells him to... He just forced, like, uh, suggestion, the guy. And he's like, you should go rethink your life. And the guy's like, I should go rethink my life. As if that's, like, a solution to the problem. And <laughs> I thought it was very funny. It was like... Yo, do you, don't you think there's like a reason this guy is like out it like just like going to like random bars trying to sell drugs to strangers i don't know it's like like that <laughs> he's like that's treated as like and now he's he's done he's cured he's not gonna sell drugs anymore <laughs> it was like great thanks obi-wan <laughs> and uh they catch the assassin uh, i think while they're still in the bar and then they go out and they're like, give us, tell us who hired you. And then just as the changeling person is about to like tell them they're shot with a poison dart in the neck and then die after like CG morphing into like a frog creature. It was very, very anamorphs. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. anamorphs. Uh, yeah. Before we move on from the, the club bit, I want to uh, yes. bring up a couple things. One is uh, the we get our first uh, loss of limb in this scene when uh, oh, yes. one cuts off the, the arm or the hand of the, the assassin. Zam uh, Wessel like, is the name of the assassin. Zam, Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel. Love that. Indeed. Um, the other thing is, uh, if uh, I don't know if either of you noticed this, but there are two significant cameos during the bar scene when they're walking around. There's a couple people in the background. No. One of them is Anthony Daniels. You can see him in, in the background of a couple shots. Oh. Um, who, uh, Anthony Daniels is the actor who plays C-3PO. That's cool. <gasps> Love. Um, and then the other guy you see is Ahmed Best. He's in this scene. No way. Oh, uh, yeah. Just as, as himself. I mean, not as himself. As a, like, I, that character has, like, a name. I think it's I think it's Ahmed Beck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's something which like is, that, yeah. Which is canonically Keller and Beck's, like, brother or cousin or something. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. thought that was a joke, but you were, like, actually serious. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned this on my deep dive of Keller and Beck when he showed up on Mandalorian. I was very proud of myself for <laughs> for noticing, like, because he's only in like a two or three second shot, like standing at a at a table, and I'm like, is that is that a minute best? And it was because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, I did it. I found it. Um, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the movie we had a Wilhelm scream. We did? Yes, that's where the Wilhelm scream was. Yeah. Yeah. During the explosion? I, I had to look that up afterwards because I didn't notice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Wilhelm scream. It was like it was like an edited, distorted Wilhelm scream. It was definitely a Wilhelm scream uh, when the ship blows up at the, in the first scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. the best guards. shot in the movie. <laughs> also has a Wilhelm <laughs> the scream. The funniest shot in the movie. <laughs> yeah. After I watched this uh, movie, I was like, I don't remember hearing a, a Wilhelm scream, so I looked it up, and luckily... Wikipedia has a, a list of all of the Wilhelm screams in Star Wars. That's, like, that's so the, fun. That's the one in Attack of the Clones <laughs> is, yeah, is at the beginning and during the explosion. Beautiful. We also get our, I think, I think it's our first kill. Um, wait, no, no, sorry. I mean, like, the first kill by, by like, a major character because uh, Jango Fett assassinates the assassin. Yeah. So that that's one kill for Jango. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jango. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Jango. You did it. Okay, Max, what's next? Next, uh, I don't have notes for this section, I think. Uh, anyway, they go back to the Jedi Council and he's like, hey, so we tried to get the person that was trying to kill her and they got got by the person who delegated to, try to, <laughs> to her to try to kill Padme. And they're like, 
hmm, maybe we should have her go back home. So there's some, like, bureaucracy about it. And then Padme leaves, along with Anakin, back to Naboo, her home planet. Nothing bad could happen there. Absolutely nothing. Nothing bad could happen. With Anakin and Padme alone on, like, the most romantic planet in the galaxy, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, surrounded by, like, surrounded by sconces full of flowers and, like, gorgeous idyllic meadows with (laughs) waterfalls in the background. Yeah. Yeah, nothing could happen. Uh, Also, at this point, I start noticing all of Padme's costume changes. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's so many. There's so many costume changes. And, like, she is the only character to ever, like, have... To have packed multiple outfits to anywhere. So, like, the first outfit, as she's, like, trying to, like, sneakily leave Coruscant for Naboo, uh, she has this, like, big, like, metal headdress on top of, like, a cloth, like, scarf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very subtle. Very subtle. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is her, this is her stealthy headdress, her stealthy metal headdress. <laughs> With intricate yeah. patterns embossed onto every every square inch of its surface. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and also Anakin's disguise is that he has, like, a dirty bed sheet draped over his normal outfit. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the Jedi way. It's your classic Star Wars poncho. Yeah. Poncho. Uh, it's, it's very, you know, it was quite the sight to just see them right next to each other. Yeah. The little, the little note that I made on my picture of that is, this is what every straight couple looks like. <laughs> I, I, like I like it in that picture that you took note on. It's them standing four feet apart from each other with no expression on their faces. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Romance. Romance. <laughs> She's dressed up to the nines for escaping the planet, and he's wearing a poncho and has a rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> all right so they split up uh so they go to to Naboo and then obi-wan goes on his own adventure right uh yeah so his adventure is to try to find the planet of camino uh yes. which he was told was the origin of the the poison dart that was shot at the assassin by yes. a friend an old friend of his i guess who works at a yeah. 50s diner yeah yeah dexter dexter yes. Dexter Jester, my favorite character in the movie. I'm just going to say his name. MVP. Dexter Jester. Dexter Jester, yeah. Yeah, that's Dexter. amazing. The, I love that. He owns the, the, the diner. It's Which I love that it's it's just a 50s diner that has a robot yeah. waiter, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah, I vote Dex for MVP, just because he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, this, uh, this I don't remember, I don't know what his species is, uh, Dexter's, Dexter Jester's species, but he, um, the only other like major character I know of who is that species is uh, Pong Krell in the Clone Wars, and he has. Oh my one, gosh! Yeah, they're the same. They're the same species, right? Uh, and I never put that together. Anyway, yeah, that's the one of my favorite arcs in the Clone Wars is uh, the the arc with Pong Krell, who's a, a Jedi general with four lightsabers at once because he's got four arms. Uh, it's it's a very good, very very great arc. So we'll get there eventually, yeah. and I'll 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 yeah. gush about it then. Yeah, yeah. Pongrel is also the literal worst. Mm. Yes, he's the literal worst, and he's. It's also like a great like, it's a great demonstration of like, yeah, wow, the Jedi Order really is corrupt, and people are just mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the clones really shine in that in that arc for sure. Definitely, yeah. So Camino, uh, Camino. So 
He first goes to the guy in the foodie's diner, Dexter Jester, and then he's like, this looks like it comes from Camino. And then he goes to the Jedi Archives, this big fancy library looking place, and he's like, hey, there's supposed to be a planet here on this map to like one of the librarians. And she's like, if it's not there, it's not real. She's like, okay, that's presumptuous that you know everything. I lo- yeah, I love <laughs> that that moment because it's just like, like it. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, the the Jedi really are super arrogant and like, yeah, like they're like, if we don't know about it, it literally doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that was wild to me. I was like, oh, it's incredible. Spill my water. It's fine. That's Jocasta New, the librarian of the. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was like, I think you're lying, and there's not actually a planet there, even though you said there is. And so he then goes to Yoda, who's training children with swords. And so Yoda's like, mm, okay, you tur-. he tells one of the children to like put down the shades, and we'll look at the map. And Obi-Wan like puts the map up in the room. It's all like fun projection stuff. And he's like, tells all the children and Yoda. He's like, there's supposed to be a planet in this spot right here. And, like, everything points to there being something, like, all of, like, the gravity wells and whatever, like, all of, like, the stars and whatnot, like, points to there being something there. But the librarian at the Jedi Archives was like, there can't be something there. And, like, Yoda, like, prompts the children, I think, to, like, say, like, uh, so what do we think is going on? And one of the children's like, well, someone must have erased it. Someone must have deleted it from the archives. And Obi-Wan's like, well, that's not possible. And the librarian told me so. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, Obi-Wan, you, <laughs> what? You're, you're smart you know that something's up. Yeah, you should have put that together. You saw that the gravity, whatever, was pointing to something being there. And the person that you trust told you that there was a planet there. And it took a child telling you to actually believe it. Anyway. To be fair, like, I, I think the idea is that, like, the Jedi archives are very well protected and only a Jedi master can actually do anything to like edit the archives. So the fact that something was deleted would mean that it would have to be a Jedi master, which is why it's kind of like, they're like, it can't be that right. Cause that would mean that there's like dissent within our ranks that that's, you know, so, you know, it's still, it's still them being ignorant, but just in a, a different way. <laughs> all. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like at this point, like, Count Dooku's, like, all the everything, him turning and leaving the Jedi Order has like, happened, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I feel like yeah, that should happen 10 years ago. Yeah, I feel like that should be, like, a known, set, done deal. They're like, mm, maybe we shouldn't trust our ranks to be, like, perfect and aligned in every way at this point. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You you would think. And yet, mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> would think. Yeah. I want to... <laughs> something I love about this scene with Yoda and the younglings is... We, we like in the prequels, we mostly get like kind of wise, tired, stoic Yoda. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he, he's, he's not like he's not the, the silly, fun Yoda we get in Empire. Um, yeah, but there's one moment in this scene with the younglings when uh, Obi Wan comes in, he's like, I'm trying to find a planet, but it's not in the archives. And Yoda goes, Lost a planet, Obi Wan has. How embarrassing! How embarrassing! <laughs> and all the kids laugh, and I'm like, "That was very funny." How embarrassing! How embarrassing! <laughs> like, yes, thank you. we got we got some some sassy, funny Yoda for a second there. That was great. Mm-hmm. And all the kids laugh. It's great, mm-hmm. as they should. All right, so continuing on the Camino plot thread, this is happening all at the same time as the other plot thread. We'll get into later, I guess. Uh so he goes to Camino. It's like this big wet planet, 
where it's like raining all the time uh, and like he lands he goes inside there's this incredibly tall person with a very long neck who's like oh jedi master welcome in we've been expecting you and obi-wan's like oh you've been expecting me and that then uh, he kind of like plays a little plays into like the thing what the people are saying because he, like, he's not expecting this but he kind of was wants to just find out what's going mm-hmm. on <laughs> he's like yeah yeah i i totally knew i was expected that's why I'm here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's brought into like this big white room, sit in these big like floaty chairs that descend from the ceiling. And then a uh, big long neck person. Well, there's a different big long neck person uh, yes. than the one who, who meets him at the door, uh, who's like the person in charge. I don't remember the name. It's Lama Su. Lama Su, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Lamasu is the is the senator, and then uh, uh, Tan Wei is the other character. It was the prime yes. minister, right? Tan yeah, prime yeah, prime minister, minister not, not not senator. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they come into the this the chairs descend from the ceiling, and Lamasu is like, "So our clone army's coming, great. I'm sure you want to see how that's going." And he's like, "Everyone's like, oh, clone army," and uh, he was like, "So who remind me who like commissioned this clone army?" For us, the Jedi Order, and he was, and Lamasu was like, uh, name. I don't remember the name either. Uh, Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, Sifo-Dyas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Obi Wan's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He died ten years ago. And Lamasu's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, anyway, do you want to see the army? And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Obi Wan's like, okay, sure, I'll see the army. And then. They go on like a fun little factory tour of a bunch of little test tubes and big giant conveyor belts and very well lit bright white and blue chambers. And there's and Lumsu's like, yeah, so here's like all the babies we're making. Uh so they were made from this person who was provided to us, Django Fat. <gasps> and uh but we altered them so that they would be more like obedient. And they would also age faster. Uh, so there's, like, a few shots of, like, a bunch of, like, identical, like, children and then, like, adult men, uh, like, sitting at tables and, like, like, eating lunch and, like, taking classes. And they're all, like, they're all the same guy. And Obi-Wan was like, okay, cool. Uh, so can I meet the person who, like, you mo- modeled these after? And Lumsu's who's like, sure, let's go meet him. And then they go meet yeah, like, Fett. <laughs> I, I like that uh, Obi-Wan's like, uh, where is this guy? And Lamasu's like, oh, we keep him here. <laughs> he yeah, lives here. He's, just kinda, he's just chilling. He's got a little apartment in the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they go meet him. It's it's like super high tension. Django Fett also has another clone of himself, unaltered, who's a young child uh, that he like requested from them. And they were like, sure, we'll give that to you. Who is Boba Fett. I didn't yes. know that he was a clone of Django Fett. Yeah. Uh, Boba T. Fett. That, that, mm-hmm, <laughs> Boba T. Fett. Uh, yeah. So they meet Django Fett's like super like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Uh, and but being like super polite about it. And at one point he like talks to Boba Fett in like some other language. And like Boba Fett is like, okay, I'll go do that for you. And he like goes to like close the door that hides his Mandalorian armor. And then the conversation ends, and then Obi-Wan leaves. 
And he's like, great, I'll make sure to tell everyone about what's happening here and how great it's going. Obi-Wan goes out back to his ship that's on, like, the, the landing pad out in the pouring rain, wearing his gigantic, like, coat. He's wearing a very large, very heavy-looking, like, Jedi robe, and he's just standing in the rain for, like, several minutes as he tries to make this call back to uh, Coruscant, being like, hey, there's, like, a whole army being made for us, supposedly. So, and he's, like, told, like, okay, mm, maybe you should bring, bring back Jango Fett. Uh, so he, like, goes back in to capture him. They fight a bit on, like, rooftops. They almost fall into the ocean. Ocean. And then uh, Jango Fett and Boba Fett leave in Jango Fett's, like, face-shaped spaceship. And they, like, leave. He does uh, have a face on the back. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> very face-shaped. His, like, it's I saw it, like, in one of, like, the episodes of The Mandalorian, because I'm also still watching that, trying to catch up. I've not finished season two yet. Uh, and... Like, I immediately was like, why is it face-shaped? Why is it, like, facing forward like a... It's like, like Andros from Star Fox. <laughs> it's like Andros. It Andros. <laughs> I was going to say it looks kind of like a Lego man face. Like, oh, you know, yeah, just like the dot yeah. in, the, in the line. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mm-hmm. thought... I was thinking Shy Guy, like from Mario. Like, <laughs> like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, they fly away. Uh... Before they're able to get away, the Obi-Wan throws a, like, tracking device onto their ship and magnetizes into the bleep, and it opens up, and he's able to follow them to the planet that they go to, what, which is called, it starts with the G... Geonosis. 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 Yes. The Book of Geonosis. Yes. Oh, there's a very fun, like, chase sequence, another chase sequence, through, like, an asteroid field after the Cometa hyperdrive, and you, like... Jango Fett realizes, like, oh, no, we've been followed. And there is an awkwardly long sequence during that chase sequence where there's no music. No music. There's just the sound effects of, like, the the ships flying and, like, the like the bombs that they're, that Jango Fett's throwing out of his ship, like, exploding. The charges. charges. Yeah. Yes, the those are very so cool. cool. So yeah. cool. Yeah, there's, like, a very fun effect that they do where, like, it, like, impacts and then like it explodes and there's a big like disc that comes out and that's when the noise happens and it's very yeah, cool they actually they they completely silence all the sounds in the movie in the like half second before the the seismic charge goes off it's like there's there's no sound that's very fun mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah so chase sequence seismic charges uh then yeah they, they think they've blown up what we won yeah they think they blew up Obi-Wan, and then they, like, land on Gnosis, uh, Geonosis, and, yes. and then, like, he's, like, hiding behind an asteroid, and he, like, follows them, and then he sees, when he lands, he, like, sneaks into, like, this place where, like, all of, like, the, the Separatists, led by Dooku, are, like, having a, a spooky evil meeting, where uh, they're, like, we have our droid army, and I think at this point is the second time when uh, Obi-Wan, like, stumbles across a large inhuman army being created. Is, is that now <laughs> or later? Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan doesn't stumble across the, the army. Anakin finds the army. Anakin and Padme find it later. They're going to rescue him. Oh. Like in the factory, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought that... I could be wrong. Jack, what, do you remember? 
No, I think I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh although to be fair, Obi-Wan does have a thing for just randomly discovering armies. Like he, he, he yeah. discovers the droid army in episode one, and then this time he like walks into to to uh Camino and, and they're like, Camino. Hey, we have an army here, and he's like, Okay. He also discovers like, yeah. the Death Star. Well, he doesn't discover it though. He doesn't like see it. Like it's it's in the room. Like you can see the hologram of it, but I don't think Obi Wan sees it. No, like in mm. episode four, it's like that's the oh moon. that's no moon moment. Oh yes, mm. gotcha. Yeah, true. That, ah. That's one of his Jedi abilities: discover army. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. special ability. Is that the end of the like his like story before they like start meeting up? He basically he gets captured and then sends off a message and then we we catch up with him after the message has been received. Yeah, he sends a message, gets captured by one of the bug guys, and then... Oh, no, he's been caught. Uh, Meanwhile... Okay. Meanwhile, other storyline that's happening... This has all happened, like, it just spliced in between Mm -hmm. that Anakin and Padme are off to Naboo. Like, they have, like, a meeting with, like, the government people of Naboo about, like, hey, what do we do? Well, let's just, like, keep her here. And then they go off to, like, this idyllic Mm -hmm. villa in the... The gorgeous countryside where they start falling in love. Uh, in this section, Padme has like another one of her really funky wigs, uh, <laughs> where it's like a big like ammonite shell on the back of her head, <laughs> yeah. which is very fun. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Like one of the other wigs that she had was it looked like two big puka shells on either side of her head. <laughs> like as they're that's like as like. Uh, Padme's like packing up all her stuff all her 10,000 outfits for the rest of the movie into her three suitcases for them to like refugee away <laughs> there's like I think literally three visible suitcases and she packs like 10,000 wigs and 12 outfit changes for like the next yeah. four days ah uh, the life of the uh, refugee <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so they arrive on Naboo and they get to the villa and this is where he says the line he says the line and yes. it says the line <laughs> Uh, I hate sand. It's it's so coarse and rough and gets everywhere. That's it. And I was yes, it was so I was so <laughs> I was so excited when they I finally got to yeah. it. Yeah. He said the thing. He said the thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's him flirting for some reason. I know. I don't know. And it worked. Yeah. Apparently. She, yeah. She's like. I'm, yeah. She says I love water, and he says I hate sand. It's like. I, okay, that's some fun. Well, it's because like she was talking about how they would lie on the beach, like and, oh like, yeah, as kids on the boo. So like there, it, it wasn't like he, it wasn't just like you know what you you love water, but I hate sand. It was there was a little <laughs> more of a through line there, but yeah, yeah, but it still feels very strange. Oh yeah, no, it's it's oh, yeah. it's crazy. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. this is like Sarah's favorite part of the movie too. Uh, is is this mm-hmm. like scene and. Apparently, she told me this uh, as I was, like, getting ready to watch it, that the dress that Padme is wearing in this scene, she almost got, like, a white yeah, version like of the blue. Wedding. Yeah, like, it's kind of like a blue, kind of, like, uh, yeah, blended down to yellow. Yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. Uh, that was almost <laughs> her wedding dress, but, like, white. But, Ooh, like, literally. And, like, because Padme was wearing it, like, she, like, she and her sister rewatched this movie. Like, it, they had episode two on repeat because they loved... Padme's outfits like that was it that was just like their favorite part there are so many very good outfits so in many this outfits movie. and yeah. they loved it and like Sarah literally wanted her wedding dress to be Padme's outfit from this scene 
for her wedding dress, but it's just like literally, it wouldn't get delivered soon enough. She almost had it for the wedding. Oh, that would have been so lovely, been, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have been great, but then, yeah, it would have been great, and then Sam could have had a rat tail. I could have. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> so close. And a tiny ponytail in the back. And just a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they kiss, and then Padme's like, no, we shan't. This is forbidden because you are a Shot. Jedi. And Jedis <laughs> are like priests where you can't fall in love. As That's a part of Jedi like, lore that I've never really gotten. It's like, that's weird. It's I true. don't know. It's weird. They kiss, she's like, no, we shan't. And then the next scene I think we get of them is like them lying in the massive... Like gorgeous field with gigantic gorgeous waterfalls in the background. There's like, so many beautiful locales of... on, on Naboo. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And meanwhile, there are these very large, like tapir, like cow pig things with like yeah. very big butts. Just <laughs> yeah. like that look like big teardrops. Yep. On, on their side. It's very goofy. Yeah. yeah, science got together is like, what is the most scientifically ugly thing we could think of to just put in this prettiest place <laughs> on the planet? <laughs> and that's what they came yeah. up with. Mm-hmm. They're very goofy, <laughs> very Star Wars. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while they're in like this very idyllic thing, like he, like they're talking about government, or whatever, and she's like, "My democracy is good," and he's like, "Democracy is good, but I think we should force everyone to agree." Yeah. And she's like, "That sounds like a dictatorship," and he's like, "Well, if it works," and she <laughs> makes kind of like a face, and then he like let he like tries to laugh it off, and it it like ease of the tension but that's still a weird thing to happen yeah like Padme uh, there's so many red flags here you're ignoring you're just like <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm. if he if he jokes if he says something seriously and then pretend that he's joking about it but the thing he's talking about is like fascist maybe consider <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. yeah maybe yeah let's rethink <laughs> uh later on there's a scene of them like eating dinner like across a, like one of those massive dining tables and Padme goes to eat like a whole pear with a fork and knife <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny and like and then Luke, Luke Anakin like before grabs it across the table and cuts it in half for her and gives only half of it back and it's just <laughs> kind of like a little like jokey like haha I have force powers isn't that fun and quirky and, <laughs> and then it was like that's strange that's it for that day and then they go to sleep and anakin has a fitful night dreaming of his mother in pain and like he wakes up in the morning he's like has like a power stance like while staring out over this colonnade overlooking the gorgeous whatever Mm -hmm. and like padna comes in and was like oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt with you like brooding on this fine (laughs) morning (laughs) yeah if if anakin skywalker says anything he is dramatic yeah and he's like i need to go find my mom now and then she's like okay let's go to tatooine then and they go to tatooine i i do want to mention one thing is that there's a there's a scene in there when they're on naboo uh when they're like kind of talking about uh the fact that they're in love and that like like anakin's like i can't control my feelings and whatever you know and then and and padme's like we we can't because then we have to live a lie and we can't do that. Um, but this scene has mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines from this movie is when it's when Anakin says, "I wish I could wish away my feelings about you. <laughs> I wish I could wish away my feelings." I was like, "Good, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> high quality writing. We love it. We yes. love it." I saw someone 
uh, someone uh, posted like a prequel meme online. It was like, uh, there's a reason that the dialogue in the prequels is so bad. It's because it was translated from Galactic Basic to English. And so we're just getting the dub of what actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> we're just getting the dub. Incredible. Yeah, there was a lots of lots of jokes that didn't translate well, and the <laughs> translators they were just like, "Nah, they did. They really yeah. like like you're making. Don't make me do this." <laughs> yeah, it's like there's not a word yeah. that means the thing that he meant to say, so they just said sand instead. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they go to Tatooine. Uh, they go to like the the guy from Episode One, who's who's like has like a floppy pig nose and wings, and he's. He was like, oh, my goodness, Anakin. Sorry, I sold your mother to someone else, actually. I don't have her anymore. Yeah, business is business. Business is business. Yeah, I Sorry, sold I your sold mom. your mother. <laughs> Thanks, Mono. <laughs> mm-hmm. Little Annie? Yeah. Is that you, little Annie? Yeah. Is that I thought Annie? It, was, it was, like, just astonishing the fact that, like, when he finds out that this is Anakin, that Anakin's a Jedi, now he's like, hey, you know, maybe you could uh, help me get some of these people around here yeah. pay me money they owe me and i'm like you enslaved him do you think he would help you You're, it's like, yeah, yeah that's a yeah. bit much yeah, don't act like this man owes you favors <laughs> like, mm. what the heck man yeah they meet Watto. he tells them i sold your mother guy lives out there on the moisture farm and so they go out to the moisture farm where her mother was sold and surprise surprise she's not there uh she was actually kidnapped like like a month ago and the guy who like bought her and married her which that's weird uh <laughs> it was true love max it's okay <laughs> okay i don't okay it's, a, it's I don't not a weird power story. thing at all there's there's, there's no <laughs> there's no power yeah. imbalance in this relationship what are you talking about <laughs> the, they arrive at the thing they meet owen who is the uncle owen from episode four which is like oh oh wow i was not expecting to meet them in this movie so that was a very fun little thing. But he introduces his girlfriend, which is there was nothing like innately like weird about it. I just like I was like girlfriend is not a word that exists in Star Wars to me. <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Yeah, that, that is weird. It I, was I, an I incredibly normal modern word that just like. Yeah. I wonder if, if there is any other instance of girlfriend in Star Wars because I can't think of any. Yeah, it was like that was just very strange to me. Yeah, I agree. Owen's like, hey, here's my dad who bought your mom. Then Owen's dad, who is now Anakin's stepdad, is like, so sorry, your mom got kidnapped by, by like the the sand people, right? Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Like a month ago, and we tried to find her, but like so many people died trying to get her, uh, and I lost He's my like, leg. And I lost my leg. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm in this hover wheelchair. And then Anakin's like, but we gotta go save her. And he's angsty about that a bit. And then he goes out in the middle of the night to the place where she was taken. Just like old. I love that he just steals his stepdad's dirt bike and just goes out to the desert. (laughs) He borrows it. He didn't like take it and then leave it there. He borrowed it. Well, yeah. But I don't imagine he asked for it. I think he just took it. Yeah, well, he's he's going to (laughs) save his mom and, and his wife. So it's not like. I don't think he would have he is, he is definitely going to save his mom. <laughs> For sure. Uh, d- there, there's this, this uh, I want to point out during this, uh, this sequence when he's like riding on the speeder bike across the Tatooine desert and you see the 
the twin sons in the background. It's it, it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments in in like visually one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. I think it's just it's a beautiful mm-hmm. shot of him riding yeah. across the desert. Um, and also what I, I didn't I don't think I noticed before, or at least I didn't remember, is that during that sequence, during that shot, they're playing uh, Duel of the Fates from Episode One. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, then he arrives at like the camp where the, the sand people are, and he like cuts open one of the tents with his lightsaber and goes inside and sees his mom like tied up by her wrist, unconscious and like covered in scars and whatnot and like open wounds. And like as he's like untying her, she wakes up. He's like, "Oh my goodness, Anakin." Anakin? Oh my goodness, this is you, Anakin. I love you. And she's, like, very obviously, like, very tired because she's been abused and whatnot by these people. And they have, like, a very lovely, touching reunion. And then she dies in his arms just as she's saying, I love... <laughs> yeah. And she, like, you love what? She goes, What do you love? <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. It's a what? What is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, after having his mother die in his arms, after just finding her after so many years, uh, he gets out of the tent, very angry, and starts just hacking and slashing all of these poor people and just going at it, going ham. Going bananas. Goes ham, indeed. It like cuts away, and then the next we see of him, he's like back at the farm with, and he's like in a room, like being very angry, trying, like waxing about, I wish I could fix things. I wish things were as simple as working with machines. Uh, And he tells Padme that. In his anger at his mother dying, he killed them all. Not just the men, but the women and children, too. <laughs> uh, which is the other line that I know is like yes, this yeah. thing. Uh, and Padme's response yeah. to this is to be like, it's natural to be angry. <laughs> and not like, I'm sorry, you massacred a village of people? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're, you're dating a fascist school shooter. Like, what are, what is going on here? <laughs> there There's yeah, some pretty let's... big red flags here, Padme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, Padme is like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We can fix this. Maybe you can be nice and nugget data and good person still. Uh, and then they have a funeral for his mom, and Padme's wearing a new outfit. She's wearing white to a, a funeral. <laughs> a different outfit than the scene prior her hair is done differently, and there's like she chose to wear that to a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and then they get the message from Obi Wan, the one he was like trying to like get to Coruscant but couldn't. But so he like tried like, hey, I'll send it to Naboo. Wait, they're not on Naboo, so he sends it to where they are, which is Tatooine. He's like, hey, I need you to send this back again to Coruscant so that they can get people to like counteract the the separatists and like stop their droid army and Mace Windu says stay where you are that is a strict order and Anakin's like ah I want to go so bad 
and yeah except for once anakin is the one who like wants to follow orders and he's, he's like no they told me to yeah. stay here so i'm gonna stay here and then padme's like well i'm going so either you can stay here or you can come with me yeah and she says well you were also given strict orders to protect me which is why he's allows himself to go because she was the one who initiated it yeah. uh they're both rascals who like breaking rules on technicalities yeah <laughs> they are mm-hmm. enablers through and through <laughs> yeah they're perfect for each other. They, I don't have very many notes for this section. They go to Geonosis. Basically just shoot them up from here on out. Yeah, lots of shoot them ups. They get caught, and then they're taken into like a big like gladiator arena. Well, we skipped uh, over a whole sequence with the, in the factory. Like with the, oh yeah, there was also the factory the, and, and yeah. Yes. And R2-D2 flies. Yeah, they go there. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's like w- there were probably other cases where R2-D2 flying would have been useful, but, you know, he just did it this one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. This one time in the, the droid factory yep. to save Padme from molten metal. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where I was, like, so sure that we were getting a, a hand loss when Anakin's, like, hand gets, like, caught under, like, the metal press. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but, the, no, he's just, like, it's just stuck. Like, the metal just, like, formed to his arm shape and did not crush it, which is, like... Okay. Convenient, yeah. Uh, his lightsaber does get chopped, though. It does. And then, like, as when his lightsaber gets chopped, it's like, ugh, and it, the Obi-Wan's gonna kill me. It's like, there are more pressing things. We're still on the death conveyor belt. Like, there are still large blades coming down. Yeah. And then that's when they get captured, and then they're taken to the gladiator arena, and then there's, like, a scene of them where, like, Padme confesses to Anakin, we're like, I love you. And Anakin's like, what are you doing? I thought we were, we weren't going to live a lie. We weren't going to, we were just going to like keep that secret and not actually do anything about those feelings. And Padme was like, well, we're going to die anyway. So, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Anakin was like, oh, well, okay. All right. I'll, I'll let this happen. Um, and then, yeah, they are, brought into the gladiator arena and then there's a bunch of like the bug people all in the stands and like count dooku's in like one of like the little boxes where the important guys sit uh <laughs> with a bunch of the other like uh leaders of like the bad guys got box seats yeah yeah uh and they're they all get chained up to the pillar alongside obi-wan and everyone's like oh i was i wasn't sure you got my message and Anakin says, yeah, we did. And then we decided to come rescue you. And then he, like, looks up at his handcuffed <laughs> hands and says, good job. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some a very funny Obi-Wan sass right there. It was a great yeah. moment. Good job. <laughs> good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And then Gladiator Deathmatch starts. They bring out a bunch of weird beasts uh, there's like one that's like a big like praying mantis looking thing. There's a big like three horned rhino deal, uh, and then there's one that's kind of like a a weird like thing with like a super wide mouth. And the first thing that I saw when it's I, like a kitty cat. Yeah, it's like a big weird cat with a gigantic mouth. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that was like that looks like the monster from uh, Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast. It looks like that. <laughs> what the Never Beast? <laughs> Okay, I wouldn't know, it looks but like, I, I'll take your word for 
<laughs> I promise it does. It's like got a similar. It's got the same like black and white color scheme. See, there's the oh, there's the uh, never bees. I see it. And okay. then there's there's the monster. I can't. See. You can't. Probably, yeah. Probably can't see Listeners, that. you can't see this, but yeah, just Google it. It. <laughs> Yeah, never beast, all one word, capital N, capital B. Huh. Or, yes. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some fight scene breaks out. The monsters come out, they start attacking. The, oh, there was another, like, just before everything starts, <laughs> uh, Anakin says, like, it's like, oh, I need to protect Padme or whatever. And Obi-Wan, who's, like, looking at Anakin and, like, Padme's behind Anakin, he says, oh, it looks like she's on top of things. And it cuts to her on top of the pillar that she's just <laughs> scaled. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that uh, we get like all three of them are able to like escape in, in different ways. So Padme mm-hmm. picks the, the lock on her. I think with a hairpin. Yeah, she has like a hairpin or something. With one of her many wigs. There's, <laughs> yeah, for her 10,000 wigs, she pulls out a little bobby pin from her little utility belt and like puts it in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh. then uh, Obi-Wan just like dodges in the right way so that the big praying mantis crab thing like stabs through his chains mm-hmm. and he's able to like get yeah free and then anakin like the the big bull thing the big like rhinoceros whatever dinosaur thing charges him and he just like jumps and does a flip and yeah his 30 foot vertical leap <laughs> yeah 30 foot <laughs> vertical leap uh yeah he he like leaps onto the thing and then uses the thing's strength to like like break the chains so it's like we've got Mm -hmm. like it's like not only was there one way to get free there were multiple ways to get free it's like you know you could have planned this a little better dooku and bug people the entire time during this fight i was just thinking why don't they just use the force to like pick these things up off the ground so they can't charge them Mm. like why don't they just like Mm. lift the animals and like throw them away I was just like, why don't we just... Wouldn't be as fun as a fight scene to watch. You're, you're correct. True. I mean, I know, I know the reason that they did this way rather than that. But yeah. it was just like... I also think that, like, the, the like, kind of power levels of the Force are very different from movie to movie and from, like, scene to scene. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll be like, there'll be a Jedi who can, like, lift up an entire... Like, like crash an entire ship or something. Or and then other times it's, like, picking up your lightsaber from across the room takes a lot of effort or something <laughs> you know it's like yeah. it's yeah. it's not super consistent it's, but yeah it's yeah. A very much as the story needs it yeah 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 so fight scene fight scene they're fighting the animals uh at one point danigan has a fun little horse girl moment where he like holds his hands <laughs> out to to stop the rhino thing so he can get on and ride it <laughs> yeah uh and then they they're all riding it and count dooku and the other people are like this isn't how it was supposed to happen yeah dooku's like don't worry we'll it, they'll die don't worry and then like a bunch of droids come in after like after yeah. they, like beating the monsters basically yeah droids come in and then they're fighting them off not doing so great and then there's a bunch of like uh okay memory's getting fuzzy uh they just appear. Yeah, like, we don't know where they well, go. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they, just, they just see their lightsabers light up. Yes. Yeah, so, so what happens is like the, it looks like that they're like in a pretty bad spot, uh, and then uh, Mace Windu walks in through the hallway behind Dooku and New Gunray and stuff, and yeah, like, and he's he he pulls out his lightsaber and puts it to to Jango Fett's neck, and he he's talking to Dooku and he goes, 
this party's over. <laughs> Which, like, finally <laughs> makes me get something cool to say instead of just yeah. being, like, a boring stick in the mud. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so that happens, and then a bunch of Jedi show up from all around the arena, and they jump in, and then there's, like, a big fight between them and the droids. Um, and then a bunch of the droids... I mean, a bunch, a bunch of the Jedi die, and then they're, like, surrounded. And that's the point mm-hmm. when when they're, like... When Padme's like, look! And they look up, and the, the clone army's yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, also, uh, during the, the fight scene in the thing, uh, in the arena, is when Mace Windu chops off Jango Fett's head in front of his son. <laughs> yeah! Jango Fett's head gets cut off. Yeah. Mace Windu gets another kill. There's that. Mm-hmm. And, and Jango Fett gets another kill uh, before that, when he's like up on the balcony, and there's a Jedi, and he shoots the Jedi, and the Jedi falls off of the like off the balcony and then he does a cool thing where he just mm-hmm. like he takes the gun and like whips it around and then puts it back oh, yeah, in his holster yeah very, very <laughs> gunslinger sound effects yeah, yeah yeah that was fun yeah it was fun yeah but then he loses his head and he dies well mm-hmm. uh okay what happens next uh yeah, so at, at that point it's like the uh you know all the clones come in and and the clones basically take the remaining jedi and like fly out of there um mm-hmm. and then they're they're kind of like out on like like out they're outside the the arena and out in kind of the fields and there's a that's when like mm-hmm. kind of the huge battle starts and there's a bunch of like all the clones and all mm-hmm. the droids are fighting and and yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's the big circle tanks which i like those are so cool yes. <laughs> yeah like rocket launchers on scooters yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and we got like the big old spider things with like the like four legs oh, spiders yeah, it's like got this big old spearhead with like a nose that's a cannon yeah mm-hmm. it's very like pinocchio it is yeah <laughs> it's like pinocchio meets like a mosquito yeah so a bunch of fighting and shooting and stuff happens and uh obi-wan and anakin and padme are all on a ship together um and they're like chasing count dooku and then the ship gets hit for a second and padme falls out onto the sand below and anakin's like no she fell on the sand god i hate that <laughs> and, and and he's like we land the ship land it now and, and obi-wan's like no what no we gotta go kill dooku I, I can't kill him by myself you gotta help me and and he's like but but padme and obi-wan's like okay but what what would padme do and he's like oh, yeah, i guess she'd do her duty god <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, anyway and then they go and chase after dooku yeah uh they get to like destination they arrive at the dooku fight it's obi-wan and anakin and anakin immediately gets uh force lightning blasted because he did not want to listen to obi-wan and like wait and do their coordinated plan and just rushes in uh mm-hmm. and then he's out for the count for most of the fight while obi-wan is just having a very good like lightsaber duel yeah. with count dooku uh Obi-Wan gets injured and, like, gets, mm-hmm. like, yeah. okay. falls on the ground. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, then, he gets, like, his yeah. his arms, like, cut and no, falls no, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got his arm, yeah. like, gets... His arm and his back yeah, and his, gets, like, like, his leg gets injured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, at this point, I think, like, Anakin... Conven- he very conveniently wakes up back up the, the moment Obi-Wan passes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Obi-Wan, like, tosses him his lightsaber. And mm-hmm. so then Anakin is dual-wielding lightsabers against Dooku, and it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until he gets his arm chopped uh, off. Until he gets his arm chopped off. He does get off. his yeah, arm yeah, yeah. chopped off. <laughs> arm chopped off. 
that's two for this movie? That is two limbs. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't count heads, do we? I, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think a head no. counts as a limb. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, then he gets his, his his thing cut off, and then Dooku like takes a second. He's like, ah, man, the, these these young whippersnappers have <laughs> really tired me out. And then Yoda walks in, and yes. that fight happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Yoda walks in, and they have like this like force off where the again uh, the Dooku is like continues like throwing a bunch of things at him like he like breaks down the ceiling and Yoda like catches it but he's like very slowly sets the rocks down which like he like, like throws them off to the side uh and that they do a couple of that and and then he does some lightning yeah and like Yoda's like able to like catch the lightning and, like redirect it and throw it away and now Tuku's like well I guess we're not gonna be able to solve this this duel by our knowledge of the force so we must fight with our lightsabers, and they fight with their lightsabers, and like up until this point, Yoda's been like using his little walk, his walking stick, and like walking very slowly, like very old man like uh, around. But as soon as he like gets his lightsaber out, he's like super nimble and he's like jumping back, flipping all around. He's uh, doing he's doing so many cool. flips, so many flips. Yeah. He's doing so many flips. <laughs> he's. Uh, I love how he also like you. We hear his like kind of scream. He's like. Ah! it's very silly but also i love this fight it's like i know a lot of people like don't like it because it's kind of silly but it's like you know old man christopher lee fighting this little green guy who's just flipping all over the place and he's he's all cgi and it's like you know i i get why people don't like it but i love it i love seeing like you know yoda finally being able to like let loose and we like we get to see yoda in basically his prime like doing lightsaber battles and it's amazing mm-hmm. all his flips and his yeah. his yeah and his tiny lightsaber it's great so great yeah of all the things to complain about in this movie i don't think the very cool fight is one of them right yeah no it's it's super cool i love it so as they're doing their fight like they're doing their lightsaber duel and count dooku he like uses the force like as across the room to like tear down like a pillar so that it like will fall on uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan as they're like collapsed on the floor and then Yoda like stops fighting Count Dooku to like to, like hold that in place so that it doesn't fall on them and kill them and and Dooku runs away that's, that's when Dooku escapes yeah yeah okay Dooku's yep. like I'm out bye and then Padme shows up and does anyone else show up it's just Yoda and Padme and is Mace Windu there I don't think Mace is there for that part no. I think it's a couple I think it's I think it's a couple clones and yeah uh, Padme. Yeah, they they go off, and we kind of follow Dooku back off to Coruscant, where he arrives at a familiar location to listeners of unlimited yes. content. Uh, he goes to the exact same place he was at in our last episode of the podcast in the the creepy industrial like abandoned, spike. dilapidated district of Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. the exact same yeah, spot. And, that and, he, and he flies into the the hangar that has like the. The weird round toothy door that goes down. I was like, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was in this movie. I know, I, I same. remember that. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, I remember this continuity. This is cool. Yep. <laughs> I feel like this is the first time when when it's like uh, watching these things in chronological order is like, oh, I'm noticing things that I didn't notice before. Yeah, so, that's cool. Mm. Anyway, he flies in there, and and uh, the emperor's there, and they're like, everything is going yes. according to plan. Yep. Yeah, that's when it becomes very clear that 
that these two guys are playing both sides of the same war and they're just doing this to their own benefit we assume yeah yeah then we cut to uh the like the jedi council chambers and uh it's yoda and mace and obi-wan are there and they're, they're talking about like obi-wan's like yeah i like i gotta admit i don't think we would have won if it weren't for the clones and uh mm-hmm. and yeah like i and he says something like, yeah, at least we got a victory out of this. And, and you're just like, victory? No, there's no victory in this. There's a war now. The Clone War has begun. <laughs> like, this is not good. And then that scene's over, and we go to, uh, I think the, the last, I think from there we just go to the, the wedding scene. We go and see mm-hmm. Anakin and Padme back on Naboo on that, that same, like, little, like, balcony over the water. And they're Bachman. getting married by some mysterious person who we never really see a close-up of. <laughs> but they get married yeah. by somebody. Yeah, This is still a lot of a dude. Yeah, and also 3, 3PO and R2-D2 are there. Yeah. So. yeah, and there's like spooky evil music going on in the back. I was like, oh no, forbidden marriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, and yeah. then the final final scene is we, it's just all the clones getting on ships and flying away. And we see Palpatine and Bill Organa and a couple other senators on the balcony watching all of these clone troops deploy from Coruscant to presumably the right. rest of the galaxy. Yeah. And then the wedding happens, and then it's credits. Oh, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, yep. Yeah. We that did it. it. We were... <laughs> yeah. Yay! Max, that was a... Yay! Thank you for your very thorough summary of the movie. That was well <laughs> done. Thank you very much. It was good, yeah. You're welcome. I, I kind of petered out there at the end, but I did okay. my very best to remember it's, it's as much as I could. It was much appreciated. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what brothers are for. We're here. We got mm-hmm. it. Thank you. Also, it's just very, it's a very confusing end to the movie. Just a lot of happening. Yeah. A lot yeah. of things happen. A lot of, there's a lot of intercutting between different things in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you did great. There, there was one thing that I, I we, we did kind of skip over that I wanted to touch on, which is the fact yes, that, like, tell me. Uh, basically, in order to deploy the clone army, they had to, like, approve it. And so they were like, we need to give Palpatine emergency powers. And yes, I love democracy. They're like, if only Padme were here. And and then they look at Jar Jar. Jar Jar's like, I can do it. And so Jar Jar grants emergency powers to the (laughs) Chancellor, thereby screwing up everything for everyone. So thanks, Jar Jar. You started a war. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love democracy. The Empire rose to power because Jar Jar was suggestible. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like i can help <laughs> that's literally like he just never gave palpatine just never gave up the power became the emperor and that was it now it's the empire so oops yeah. indeed oh yep. uh now this is a, just a, a small thing <laughs> but like kit fisto has the best smile i'd love kit fisto he's got this giant like grin like kit fisto, max kit fisto is the the green guy with a bunch of tentacles coming up his head yeah, he's oh, yes. the Jedi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like he's, he's cool. got the biggest grin and also like his giant black shiny eyes. He's just such a like I wanna yeah. hang out with him. He seems friendly. Yeah. <laughs> he seems nice. He just looks he's, he's a Jedi mm-hmm. with a smiley face for a head. But also an octopus. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh I, I noticed one other thing about the whole Sifidius Tyrannus Sidious situation. So we learned yeah. uh I wasn't sure when we were talking in the last movie last episode um when we see dooku deleting the archive of kamino um using sifo credentials we mm-hmm. cut forward to episode two back of the clones 
uh, Sifo-Dyas is the one that commissioned the clone army. He died 10 years ago. Um, but the clone army was commissioned after sifo died. We learned that in this episode. In this. Yeah. Um, so the Kaminoans didn't know sifo was dead. Someone was using sifo identity to commission the clone army. Either Palpatine mm-hmm. or Dooku was the one that did that. And Dooku was the one that recruited yeah. Jango Fett and all that stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that. That was a puzzle piece that I puzzled together while watching this. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. remember if we, if we learn more about kind of the... I'm, I know in, in the Clone Wars, they do talk about sifo a little bit more. I don't, I don't remember exactly how much they, they say about sifo and that whole situation. So I, I'd love to learn more about, like, yeah, exactly when did this happen? Who killed sifo and when? And at what point did they take over his identity? And who went to go see, like, was it actually sifo went to visit them at, at one point? Or did he never go there and it was just, like, Dooku going there and saying that he was sifo or something? I don't know. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unknowns there. At least unknown to me. Maybe elsewhere in canon there, that's explained. But Likewise, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, now that we've gone through the whole dang movie, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, go one by one, what's our favorite part of this movie? Uh, Sam, why don't you go first? My favorite part... Uh, the part that made me laugh the most was all of C-3PO's like play on words when he was like becoming a battle droid <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, all his of head that. gets dragged across the ground by R2 and he's like oh this is such a drag oh what a drag <laughs> he's like oh I'm beside myself yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was probably my favorite funny part of the movie I was, that's my favorite part of the movie I love that uh, all the action <laughs> was great um, that just brings me, that makes my heart smile the most was that part. So I'm going to say that. Nice. Okay, what about you, Max? Do you have a favorite part, do you have a favorite moment, favorite scene? Uh, I, I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. Uh, first scene, <laughs> like immediate, like the fantastic comedic timing of the ship <laughs> blowing up immediately after the guy is saying like, there was no problems. And just like, that was just so incredibly perfect it was fantastic uh that's definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie i also i did not get to mention it before uh anakin's very chrome ship i yes the the naboo ship it's it's like a tech demo it's like they're showing off ray tracing for the first time it's yeah like, look at this uh-huh. it's incredible yeah yeah I also just I like a lot of the, the designs for Star Wars ships. They're all just so like goofy and impractical, but it doesn't matter because it looks yes. cool. Like Obi Wan's like circle ship thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the hyper space. Oh, like, yeah, the ring, ring is the ring is the hyperdrive basically. Like yeah. that's how it gets across. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I always thought that was a cool design yeah. though. Like the Me idea that, yeah. that it's like a separate like thing that they use to to. Yeah, it's very cool, but also very silly. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. And we have to remember that, like, most of like the ships in Star Wars were designed like what would, like, seven year olds love playing with as toys. Or, like, what could like let's just design a toy, sure. put it in a movie, and then sell the toy. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of Star mm-hmm. Wars design is that. At least in the prequel era. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it's all very good designs. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. I, I would absolutely, I would absolutely buy one of those like circle tanks. <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, my favorite part, um, I mean, I'll probably list a, a couple, but, like, 
Um, I really liked the uh, the chase sequence through Coruscant in the air with mm-hmm. the speeders. Um, <sighs> that whole sequence is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get you know people That's like so falling through the air and landing on ships and and you know doing like dives and and dodging out of the way and there's yeah it's just there's, there's a lot going on it, it's a really fun sequence I think that was that was super cool um, I also liked I mentioned this already but the just that that one scene where Anakin's riding across Tatooine on the speeder is just a gorgeous moment visually mm-hmm. and also with the music and everything it just it I love that uh, the lighting and the the movement and the composition and everything feels really cool. I love that moment. Um, and then, um, I guess just all the, the Obi-Wan Anakin banter, like mm. I, we get even more yeah. of that in the Clone Wars and in Revenge of the Sith. But like, I, I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is great. And the two of them together, like mm-hmm. just kind of sassing back and forth and making little jokes is one of my yeah. favorite parts of this movie, if not my favorite part. Yeah. Um, and then one, one other, one other just moment is I, that I've always thought was super cool is when all the Jedi show up in the arena and you've got that one shot of like just a ton of Jedi running with their lightsabers out at, mm-hmm. you know, all the droids. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the Jedi are here. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So lots of, lots of great little moments in this movie. A lot, just a lot to love about this as, as stilted and weird and uncomfortable as some of the dialogue and the relationships are at times and as illogical as some of the decisions mm-hmm. the characters make like all the red flags that Padme just decides to ignore and <laughs> you know um it's still th- these movies still have so much going for them that like it's yeah I, I love the yeah. just the amount of creativity and like new environments and designs and areas and you know, expansion of the lore and there, yeah, there's so much to love about the prequels. Mm-hmm. And I think Attack of the Clones exemplifies a lot of that. So, yeah. Who do you think the MVP of this episode is? I already kind of said who I think it should be, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts on who you think the the most valuable character or mm-hmm. what we have in our description. Which character deserves recognition for, be, for being particularly awesome? Uh, Padme's 10,000 costume changes. Honestly, I'll, I'll go with Padme just period. Like, uh, yes, her costumes are awesome. Yeah. Um, but, like, the fact that she, like, she continued, like, I think Padme as a character is one of the strongest, most, like, admirable characters in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Because she's, like, yeah, she's consistently, like, wanting to serve her people and do what's right. And she doesn't let like danger get mm-hmm. in the way of that. And she's she's constantly like on the move and, and being brave and trying their best to do the right thing. Like she's the one who like decides, no, we're gonna go save Obi Wan because he needs our help. And and like in the Coliseum fight, uh, she like totally like is able to handle things on her own. And she you know, she's like she's the first one out of her restraints and she climbs up on the thing and she like you know, she's just does so many cool things and is yeah. And also looks styling all the time while doing it. Yeah. So very intentionally styling yeah. the entire time. Yes. So yeah, Padme is my MVP. I think. Yep. I have to agree with Padme. Yes. But Dex gets an honorable mention for sure. I, just, I love Dex. Dex. Jester. Yes. He's. I love mm-hmm. him. Yep. He's one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars, just because he is who he is, and I love him. But you, Max, do you have a? Well, you you already said you kind of said Padme, right? Yeah, I definitely agree with Padme. Yeah. Or or Padme stylist. Padme's stylist. Yes, Padme's stylist. Padme's Padme <laughs> Yeah. Or whoever designed your suitcases. 
<laughs> to fit all of his things. <laughs> Those very space efficient suitcases. Uh, yeah, and that that one uh, youngling who <laughs> who tells Obi Wan <laughs> what to, what to think. He's like, they yeah. deleted it, you idiot. Yes, <laughs> thanks, youngling. How mm-hmm. embarrassing! How embarrassing! How embarrassing! <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So now we we have our, our stats for the day. So I I took some notes on on stats about things. So. Uh, Wilhelm scream. We got the one. We got the one near the the beginning in that explosion. So we we did get one Wilhelm scream. Um, the, by far the person, as you could probably guess, by far the person with the most kills was Anakin in this episode. Um, oh yeah. And obviously, there's no way to exactly determine how many people he killed. But I went and looked back at some things, and and this is what I landed on. So the the most kills he did was obviously in the Tuscan Raider village the, the sand people village he killed all the mm-hmm. men and the women children not just the men um <laughs> yeah not just the men the women yeah. I, I tried to like just like count all the you know how many Tuscan Raiders there were that we saw but I was like eh, it, that didn't really help and also it's hard to tell like hard to tell them apart so it's like hard to count like how many so what I did was there was one there was yeah. one wide shot where you could see the whole village. Um, and mm-hmm. so I counted 25 yeah. tents. So I would assume that there's at least one person per tent. So he killed a minimum of 25 people is what I what I decided on. So 25 from that. Love. And then also he kills 11 Geonosians on Geonosis. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. during during the yeah. Geonosis scene where he's like, slice. And I was like, I forgot to keep track of how many people <laughs> yeah. Anakin was killing. Yeah, so by my count, it was 11. So to- yeah. so. Um, Anakin killed a minimum, probably more, but a minimum of thirty-six people in this in this one episode. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah. Jango gets. And I was just gonna say we okay. learn in later episodes of Star Wars, like we learn in like Mandalorian and in Clone Wars and Rebels that like both the Tusken Raiders and the Geonosians are very much like like just like indigenous people with like their own like culture and yeah stuff they're not just like like the the prequels <sighs> and the original trilogy kind of like make them seem like these kind of like savages out in like the, the animals yeah yeah but like the the yeah. tv show is definitely like, like no these are just the indigenous people of this planet yeah <laughs> yeah Yeesh. yeah yeah um oops yeah uh so Jango Fett gets two kills. He kills the Jedi who he, he like shoots off the balcony mm-hmm. in Geonosis, and also he he assassinates mm-hmm. the assassin. He kills the changeling. So that's Sam two kills there. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sam Wessel. Um, Mace Windu gets one kill. He kills Jango Fett, obviously. Um, and then in terms of lost appendages, Anakin loses an arm, and the changeling loses an arm or hand or whatever. So that's two lost appendages in this episode. Um, and that's all I've got on stats for this week. But yeah. What a movie! This is great. What a what a film! Yeah, what yeah. a film! Yeah, Max, did you have any other like general thoughts or comments about this movie and, and what you thought about it, what the experience was like? Um, it's okay if you don't. I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I I think despite its kind of like rough edges for being such early like CG, it was a very very beautiful like film. Oh, yeah. Like the art direction was fantastic. Uh, I don't know, it's like, you can very much tell, like, it, it, it is of its time, like, aesthetically, but it's, it is very, very pretty, like, all, like, the, just, like, the physical costuming and, like, the created environments, like, the 
the place where the like building in Geonosis, like where the like Count Duke and all of them were, uh, just like the architecture in there was stunning, and also like you know, everything looked like it was like had too few polygons and <laughs> uh, it, it looks like like PlayStation Two characters and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all like GameCube test demo level <laughs> like. Uh, like just learning how to use reflections and such, but it was, it nonetheless gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. I think yeah, great art direction does not age. Yeah, yes. So for sure. Yeah, and then that's one of the things I admire the most about the prequels is how much like how many like creative risks and and kind of visually interesting and unique ideas they decided to go with because um, they very well could have mm-hmm. just like made everything look like the original trilogy uh you know mm-hmm. which i mean the, the sequels kind of did that uh and yeah. i i think it's a benefit to the prequels that they look so unique and we we get a sense of yeah. all these different cultures and places and it, you know it does, things don't look as homogenous as maybe they did in the original trilogy like you know there there are plenty of different locations and stuff but you get the sense that like uh yeah everything's been kind of standardized and uh everything's kind of run down and beaten up in 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 the original trilogy whereas in the prequels we get more of some areas that are like like naboo looks nice naboo Naboo looks like a place that's been kept up and has like its own culture and everything and it hasn't been like decimated by the empire you know Mm -hmm. um yeah cool 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 i think the lesson of today is uh don't trust jar jar with anything so, I would agree. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Um, we don't have anything for the viewer mailbag this week. We don't have any voicemails. I don't believe. Right, Sam? That's correct. We got, uh, I mean, we got plenty of people just like sending in good vibes and keep up the good works. But like, mm. kind of it. So, yeah. We love okay. the, we, yeah, we, we love hearing mm. from you guys. It's great. Um, if you want to leave voicemail, feel free. If you want to just DM us, also feel free. Read out your message. Um, on the podcast whenever uh, you do that. So there you go. Indeed. And also, um, we are, by, by the time this, this episode is out, we will probably be uh, on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts in addition Ooh. to Spotify. Uh, so I got that set up last Ooh, night. Love. So we're available in more places. So if you, you've, uh, you would like to listen on a different platform, you can do that. Or maybe you're listening on, on one of those platforms right now, and you already knew that. Uh, wow. So man, crazy. amazing. Incredible. Um, Love it. But yeah. Thank you for joining us, Max. This has been really fun. I'm glad we got to get, had, get, yeah. get to have all three of the bros on one episode together. Yes. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was very fun. Thank you for having me. Fact, it was an honor to have you. We loved it. Yeah. We, we'd love to have you back uh, another time to talk about something something else mm-hmm. it's not like we have any have a shortage of <laughs> of things to watch we have yeah. as you would say unlimited content so mm-hmm. <gasps> i said the thing all credits um all right well thank you uh at home listeners for joining us as well um join us next time when we will be starting our journey into the Clone Wars, which I'm very excited about, because, man, the Clone Wars is, like, it's got its rough patches, obviously, but, like, I love that series, and I'm so excited to get into just, like, 
get into the Clone Wars. It's going to be exciting. Um, next time, yep. we're going to be talking about the first episode of Clone Wars chronologically, which is actually Season 2, Episode 16, Cat and Mouse. So feel free to watch that ahead of time Ooh. if you'd like. Um, and yeah, then after that, we'll have another Clone Wars episode and then we'll watch the Clone Wars movie. So yeah, and then from there on, it's mostly just more Clone Wars stuff for quite a while. But uh, yeah, we're going to be Clone Wars for about a year, <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> you do get like one or two episodes of Tales of the Jedi in there, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all right, bros. This right. has been great. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. It's been real and fun and real fun. Indeed, it's been all those. I love you both. Right. Uh, yeah, I love you guys too. Love you. Thank you all at home for listening, <laughs> and may the force be with you all. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Bye now. Bye. Bye. All right, cut the chatter. Roger, Roger.